How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is the intermittent voice of your local announcer. And uh, just moving through uh, the high, thick weeds and per at times for the 90s of the other things that put it together and make it go woof, woof most of the time. And uh, it's time now for the first beginning of the food show on 105.3 FM HD2. And we are very pleased to have once again Ali Lofton. Yes. She is also known as the kooky the, oyster broad. The the oyster what? lady. You know the what? I'm gonna, I want to put it out there, y'all. I really yeah. do. What so do Gregory, wanna... hey man, if you're listening today, I'm owning it. I'm taking <laughs> it. It's mine. I am either the kooky oyster broad. I dig it. I totally dig it. I'm the kooky oyster broad. Or I'm Allie Lofton, the oyster lady, whichever you prefer. Alan was so gentle, gentlemanly earlier this week, uh, hesitant to use it. But Alan, you got it. Take it because I'm taking it over. This Imagine is that. the sultry, smoky, misty voice. I love it. Today of Allie Lofton, the kooky oyster broad. You know what my... Um, my grandfather used to say, No, tell us. If you have nothing else, have a sense of humor. Absolutely. Oh, amen to that. <laughs> if you have nothing else, have a sense of humor. And when I, I when I, um, when Marianne texted me and said, You just got called the kooky oyster broad, I thought, You know what? I like it. I like it. So this is this is the kooky oyster broad here with, um, I, I'm coining this. Fridays with Fitzmorris. Fridays with Fitzmorris. Imagine that. Uh, because keep, it's Friday. Yeah, Friday. And Friday. I'm here. And you're here. With Tom Fitzmorris. And with the, is he coming? You're here. Mm. Guys, i got to tell you the greatest thing that happened at lunch today. Um, okay, so obviously it's awful outside. Oh, brother, right? is it's it? terrible. We it's were running terrible. literally through the rain, just barely getting on from uh, one corner to the next and uh, almost needing uh, a. Uh, uh, we uh, had rain jackets and umbrellas. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it is just—it's a mess out there, and um, I have a special guest coming in today that I um, that I cherry picked for Tom, because I hope that I've finally figured out after over the decade that I've been listening to him what he absolutely loves loves to delve into. I am praying that these streets into the studio do not flood because I want my special guest to make it in. And I am not going to reveal to you who it is until he makes his way here. Mm. And he's on his way. He's on his way. He texted me. He said that weather is awful, which obviously, if you all look outside today, it's awful. And I touched base with him earlier, and he was just like, oh, my gosh, Allie, I I hope I can make it in today. This weather is terrible. It always makes traffic terrible. And it does. But you know what? We are New Orleans. We know that this stuff comes down the pipeline, and we embrace it. So um, 
I have a great show uh, planned to do with Tom today. Because oh, we could sure use one. I always um, sketch out throughout the week listening to you on different um, ideas and questions I have. You know, I don't always get to come in, and I'm going to tell you about the fantastic lunch that Tom and I had today. But, um, you know, one of the things that I was telling Tom about, and I think that you all will appreciate is um as listeners is because you know i am a regular listener and have been for over a decade but you know I, i've started to come on here occasionally with tom because marianne is so awesome and she um she grants me the opportunity to do this and what i have attempted to do over these last handful of times is to unearth the vast amount of history that lives inside tom's brain i don't even know how he does it, y'all. I don't even know how he does it. You know, if I could remember how, I would tell you. <laughs> okay, so so this is what I was telling Tom um, over lunch, is that I think we've kind of lost um, an appreciation for this younger generation. Okay, remember I told y'all I'm 35, okay? I think this younger generation of mine has lost an appreciation for the art of conversation. However, um, what I have realized um, is, is that the art of conversation, there's two components. One is the person who is engaging right? Which is us. We mm -hmm. are engaging you. We are looking to the listeners. We are talking to the listeners with the hope that we bring you something interesting, entertaining, unusual, fascinating. And, and we are presenting you with the information. And callers do not represent quality of content. You know, that's, uh, that almost sounds like jargon, but it's absolutely true, and I can vouch for it after doing this program for 31 years, 32. 31 years. And, uh, and it, it is true that there are uh, people who uh, come here and who talk with us, and they, they give us all sorts of uh, offbeat directions and uh, observations. And it winds up, uh, when you add it all together and subtract it and then destroy it and then bring it back again and... Uh, and add a little bit of that juice on top of it. All of a sudden, it it it, it is saying something that is worth um, hearing about. And your guest has shown up. I understand. I'm given to understand. We'll we'll find out in a minute. Yeah. He well, he said he's on his way. So <clears throat> so I would expect him in the next thirty minutes All because right. he's coming from the River Ridge area. What's he going to talk about? I'm not telling you until he <laughs> walks into the Gee studio. Whiz. He is a surprise for you because he. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little bit of teaser. Okay. okay. I'm going to give you a teaser. Okay. Um. He has a very interesting skill set skill set okay that he has acquired over his career um and his upbringing in louisiana um with the um um army corps of engineers okay big big important people when big, they were needed big and, important people yeah. so he has an interesting career but a side um hobby that he developed as being a part of um, the Army Corps of Engineers. And he also has a very 
um, deep-rooted tie to the restaurant industry through his family. Hmm. Gotcha. Now have I'm, I entered? Have I have I intrigued you, you enough? You certainly have. <laughs> Okay. Will you tell us? Or uh, no, I'm gonna... not going to tell no? you. I'm not going to tell you because I'm so afraid. I'm looking out the window, y'all, of Tom's office, which is exquisite. He's so lucky to get exquisite. to do this every day. It's gorgeous, even when it's pouring outside. Um, I he's got to make it down Pordris and and park in the parking garage from River from River Ridge. So this rain better let up so that he can get over here. But I'm not telling you who he is and what exactly he does till he shows up. But what I do want to tell you is, y'all, we had the most spectacular lunch today. And what it, came it from it surprise. was fascinating, fascinating um, history from New Orleans as Tom always provides for us. And that was my whole point about, like, through the art of conversation – we are here providing content and, and interesting anecdotes to the audience. And the number of callers does not always represent how, how fantastic the show is. Sometimes you are in a state, I know this as a listener, sometimes you are in a state where you just want to receive, right? You know how you all go to lectures or talks? You go to lectures or talks to receive the information from the speaker, Right. Uh, sure. Why not? Because uh, what else do we have to do? Right. So you so you go there, and you're and you're already kind of tuned into the fact that they're going to provide you interesting information. Yep. So that's what we're here to do. That's what we're bringing you today. And in fact, I want to start it out with this really interesting story that Tom told today about Bon Ton Cafe. The Bon Ton Cafe. It's right over here on Magazine, one block from the studio. Mm -hmm. It's an old Creole? Is that what you would call it, Tom? Oh, it old yeah. Creole? Very, very much that. But also they had, they had a, a, a Cajun aspect to them because uh, the, a lot of the restaurant came from the Raceland area and uh, kind of in the middle of Cajun country in some cases. So it is not as uh, big a deal. Uh, in terms of spices and really hot peppers or anything like that. It's a calmer way of cooking, but I think it's a very good one, and it has the restaurant has been very successful over its years, which date back to 1870-something. And this but. is what—so Tom, while he's telling me this story, challenges me in the restaurant to recount the facts that he's sharing. He said, okay— uh, Tell me what I happened. Say that? You did. Yeah. <laughs> you challenged me. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm not going to do it justice, but I might add some things in there, some antidotes that Tom told me. But okay, Tom, is this correct? It is the third we'll find out in a moment. oldest restaurant in the city. Yeah, this is, will surprise some people. Uh, we have known for a long time that new uh, that uh, Antoine's is the oldest restaurant in America. Some say that it's the oldest restaurant in. America, or maybe even I've heard it said that it's the the oldest restaurant in the world. I don't think no. it is, uh, but it's 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 up there. And okay, uh, so I, Antoine's is number one. <clears throat> number one. Okay. Number two is uh, the restaurant that we just learned about two weeks ago is moving to a different location. Two, two Jags. They were number two. They they opened up shop in 1856. So okay. this is like way beyond anything right. around town. And then uh, they're moving to what is actually their third location, right? Yeah, they're moving from uh, what was their second 
about location. six blocks uh, heading towards Canal Street. Yep. And uh, it really, it, it, as, as usual, when anything changes in our locale here, you know, when, when you hear about a building or a person or, or just about anything, uh, and it's changing from another time, uh, people have a way of getting upset about that, and who could blame them? Uh, well, but- I, I'm a kind of a person set in my ways, too. Yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, I, I might way? be 35. I'm set in my ways that like when something becomes familiar to me. Mhm. Right? Something becomes routine to me, like a restaurant that I go to. Mhm. I don't really want changes. I'm not saying I'm opposed to changes. I'm just saying that when you wanna... when something comes along that's comfortable and cozy and really makes me feel just a part of something, I don't really want it to change. No, no, I, th- I think that most people do feel that way. And, and I feel that way, but uh, I, I know just because there have been so many things that have happened to Two Jags over the years uh, that I've kind of kept up with it just to, to know who's where and what's doing what's what. What's going on, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, um, what happened uh, there was they, they just got to a point that the building was even older than the restaurant was. And uh, they could not really expand the business enough. Right, to, I think they're going to be able to offer more things. They now certainly will in the bigger uh, space. I, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. And they'll also be able to. Well, uh, let me just say this: if you ever need to go to the bathroom on the second floor at Two Jags, uh, you know, plan your your of their current location is what you're saying uh, at their current location. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, be ready to handle that because uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, it's just uh, and they would fix it. They would love to go in there and do some renovation. But this is New Orleans and you don't just pick up uh, act, these. Uh, I, I what we're all calling everybody this lately. Uh, these icons, grand dames uh, and grand dames mm-hmm. and all that. And uh, here we are just, you know, taking them apart and putting them back together again. Uh, nobody will uh, let that as- happen, especially the people who uh, are on the lookout for local items like that that, uh, you know, right. have to be preserved. Right. And so, uh, you know, th- their choice was... Are we, to go to a bigger space. Yeah, or to fail completely. Right, which is, and nobody wants to do that. And they, they saw that. They, they even had it on all the information they were sending out. But uh, they went ahead and they have decided that they are going to do that. It's uh, it's really not going to be, be all that big a deal. So uh, now we have Bonton, so which is the, bon the third ton. one. The Bonton. That's an interest or Bonton, if you bon wish. Bonton. Yeah. Uh, they, that's a very interesting place. It was discovered. It was gorgeous, you guys. They, and it's very unassuming. It I is. really feel like you would... Be on your way, marching down Magazine Street, ready to go somewhere. And because there's nothing really, like, necessarily bright about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, so it's a black-covered, it's got kind of like a black-covered entryway with with white script lettering that says Bon Ton yeah. and, and gaslights. And, and before you go any farther at all, I, 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 have, it, I have to say... This because this is really important that they have not announced that they are moving or closing or anything like that. As a matter of fact, I talked to the two owners of it. They, they're married to one another, and uh, they said, "No, I mean, where, where'd that come from?" So uh, I hear it's that well, kind of thing all the time. Well, they seemed very settled in their space, and very they were as so. charming 
and as welcoming and kind as just about any other New Orleanian restaurant, you know, owner in this city I have ever met. Their their son who came out from the kitchen was and he's chefing now. Sweet. Yeah, nice guy. He's chefing. Um, he was a handsome fellow. He was very charming, and the food was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of the Bonton because. Uh, I used to work about a block and a half away from it when I was over at New Orleans Magazine. And then uh, over the years— Well, tell what you said about the space back then. The space back then? Well, that it was a whole bunch of printers in the area. This is what I'm talking about, y'all, the history that he starts telling me about the space. That whole neighborhood, in fact, some of it it still resembles what it was. So north of Porsdris on Magazine was printers. Printers in the the business of of printing— and there still to this day are a fair number of printers around there. Anyway, that's uh, how all that got put together. But we have to stop for a minute. We have a, a thing or two to say to you and them. And we'll be back with more so of the food more show. For y'all. After Stay first, tuned. if you will, this. I'm Allie Lofton, the Cookie Oyster Broad. I love it. Gregory, thank you for coining me that. Seriously, man, I mean that with my whole heart. I love that name. Um, I'm here Fridays with Fitzmorris. That's what I'm calling this. Fridays with Fitzmorris. We're having a great time. And and I know we've kind of been all over the place just the first 20 minutes, but I'm, I'm narrowing it in. I'm bringing it in because Tom and I are going to tell you about this really fascinating piece of history about Bon Ton Cafe. Mm-hmm. We went there today for lunch. Had a classic menu from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Turtle soup. Classic Creole Cajun. And then the uh, crawfish dinner, which is three different, no, four different items on it. Some crawfish, a couple of different crawfish. I let Tom lead. I was just like, order whatever, because I don't, I mean, obviously I know what all the dishes are, but I had not eaten there before. So I said, Tom, lead. You know, just like when you're dancing um, and and you're out on the dance floor, I was like, you got to show me what to do here. So um, we started with turtle soup. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Well, wait not... a minute. Should we finish telling them about the area? It was a printer space. Yeah, the, just the entire part of the city near the corners, let's say, of Poydras and St. Uh, Charles Avenue, and but that that whole neighborhood there. Uh, even to this day, there's a fair number of printers, and uh, they printed everything under the sun, including newspapers and magazines. And that you worked for. Well, I worked for some of them, but not all of them, because uh, it was a p- pretty big uh, bunch of people. And uh, it's in the Natchez building. It w- well, that's what the name of it was at one point, but it um, changed mem- uh, changed owners on a number of occasions. The first one was the first one, and then this, the, it, there was some people who came in from uh, the Cajun country, and who uh, around Raceland is where they were for a while. And uh, they they kind of upscaled the 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 place more than it had been, and uh, then it happened again with a different group of people. They were often named after the the guy and the girl who uh, well the guy and the Debbie and, and Wayne. Right? Yeah, Debbie and Wayne. Well, no, actually, that's a, yet another generation. There was another one before that, and if I had. His, the menu here, we could tell you exactly. Okay, so that so the dinner, generation before them was the first establishers of the restaurant? 
Al and Alzina, that was their names when they were coming in. What What are you waving at me for? I'm waving at <laughs> uh, Anyhow, uh, so it, there was them, and then there was, before that, yet another one, and it was all... Oh, really? I didn't know there called, was one before called that. Called the Ben, uh, the, the same name as always, and uh, very French in that time around, and they were bringing in French food mostly, and it was a, a lot different from the Bon Ton we have today. And, and just so you don't know, this is the it, third oldest restaurant. The a third oldest restaurant. In the city. Ant- Antoine's is number one. Tuchek's is number two. Which is confirmed by a newspaper clipping. A newspaper you were clipping. Me, yeah. Um, there uh, was uh, the, bon, uh, uh, the um, Communist Palace. Wait, I'll get this right yet. Uh, Commander's Palace. Yes. Claimed to be number three. Yes. And it looked like a pretty good claim. In fact, they had their their 200th uh birthday or was it that the 100th. Anyway, the uh they celebrated that. I know cuz I went to it. Yes. And so It was just a couple of years ago. No, it's a little longer than that. Oh, really? But it but you know, it's a good guess. Uh so uh um Commander's Palace claimed that they were number they were 200. I think that was it. They were 200 years old. And uh And everybody accepted that for years. And then a guy who I actually uh, knew, I don't know if he's still around anymore. Was he a newspaper man or he was a historian? Not exactly. No, he was actually a priest. Uh, And he, um, or he might have have been a, what's the next lowest below a uh, priest in Catholic Catholic circles? Huh? I don't know. I I don't know. but uh, he would. <clears throat> um, uh, where was I on this? Uh, you were the, saying that he was basically figuring yeah. out that that Bonton was the third or something. No, through no, a newspaper he, he wasn't looking for that. He was uh, he was a historian, and he was interested in some of these old newspapers. Because remember, I said newspapers have been uh, printed in that area yes. for a long time. It was time. a big printing community. Big that printing community. Uh, and uh, so uh, th- with that in the background, uh, he unearthed this, th- this guy who was finding these old magazines and old newspapers. He, f- he ran into an ad in the newspaper. and he-, he actually screeched and backed up a little bit to look at it again to see if it was for real. Mm-hmm. But it was an ad for uh, a newspaper of some kind. And the newspaper had an ad in, in its own turn. Uh, for the Bonton. And they looked at the date in the newspaper, and they saw they found that it was a good 40 uh, years older than, uh, than Commander's Palace was. And Commander's, right. at one point, they said, okay, we got to admit it, it's true, we're not the, old, we're not the third oldest. And they made a big, big fuss over it. Uh, they, they had a big, uh, big deal and that everybody came to, and you know how Commander's Palace is. They're always having a big party over there, right. but that's what you go there for. Absolutely. Yeah. Love so, it. Uh, so anyway, it's it's quite a story, uh, but that's where the Bontons, uh, what it's history, it was a compli- complicated uh, historic uh, order uh, job. Yeah. It was a, yeah. So uh, interesting, isn't it? I thought it, it was. So that's how. So that's how the conversation started. 
about this about this space. Um, and then we got into the discussion of some of their their traditional dishes because, like I mentioned, I had not been there before. So I told Tom, I was like, "Listen, you got to lead here. You got to tell me what's good. You got to tell me what it is. You know what we have to order." And so um, we walked in, and it was really like you know when you all just walk into a space. Hey, by the way, if anybody's been to Bonton lately. Call us two six zero six three six eight. Like we want to hear about it, or or if you went there many years ago and you want to share about your experience, um, call and let us know because we just really had the most charming experience there. So we walk in, um, everything is just um, really highly polished. The windows are gorgeous. It's drizzling outside, so there's this nice glow coming through the windows. And what Wayne told us was that once upon upon a time the building had been kind of like a, a, a trading space for goods and all of these large grandiose building or grandiose windows that were there were all doors where people would walk up to and then buy their goods and so they needed all of these really large um these large spaces well then then they closed them in and they turned them into windows so it's beautiful um the dim light is coming through the chandeliers are shining bright it's just cozy i mean it's absolutely perfect for a rainy day like this oh and and it was this is uh, something that i it was hopping that I, I celebrate every year Yes. When it gets to be kind of cold and I see, you know, trash floating around in the in the <laughs> in the street outside and totally it's charming. getting colder and colder, it's the wind is blowing, it's miserable, you've had a rough day working and uh you decide just to take off the rest of the day and you had about 3 blocks to walk to get to to walk to get to your car and on the way I was making that walk and thinking, "Man, it's cold out here." And really hating it. And wondering this is how you discovered them. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, I, I knew about it, but I never appreciated what there was to it. So I'm, I'm walking along, and I, I just not feeling good about it. Even though I had just scored the uh, one of the biggest careers in my uh, my my entire Positions life in your career. Yeah, yeah. I, was the, I was the editor of New Orleans Magazine for about the, uh, four years, something like that, and. Uh, I was only 23 at the time, so that oh was a, a, my goodness, a pretty I did not good deal. That. <clears throat> yeah, well, I just got lucky. And uh, anyway, uh, here I am, and I had I, I put in a really hard work uh, doing the magazine. So here I am, and the and the the window is blown. You know, I and I I walk in front of this just this door, and above that were a couple of gas uh, lights, the gas lights, lights. Yeah, right on either side. And I looked and. Uh, I saw people dining inside. I looked at the lanterns. I thought, oh, this is the Bonton. I walked in. It was nice and cozy. It was nice and warm. The people there were very nice, too. The menu was very affordable, very much the kind of food you eat in New Orleans all the time anyway, that you really love, like their their own... Uh, their, uh, Crawfish, cra- what? No, I was, I was going after the turtles. The uh, the, the turtle tur- soup. The turtle soup, but they've been famous for that for a long time. So uh, anyway, I had this wonderful, uh, just assuring sort of dinner there. And I said, you know, I'm going to come back here at this time of year every year from now on. And I guess I made it's it today. It's the start of your fall. It's the beginning of my fall. Yep. Yeah, I've been falling for quite a while yet. Oh. <clears throat> 
Hey, it's uh, the thing that tells us it's time to take a break, and we will because we have no choice. Call us when, when we come back. And we'll come back. We'll come back and we'll do some more. 260-6368. 260-6368 is right. Ding! And it's the food show. Has your buddy uh, appeared yet? He's coming. Oh, we, we're waiting on a, a guest of a guest. We're, and I'm not think... telling Tom who it is, and I'm not telling oh, okay. y'all who it is, or obviously that would tell Tom. Is he or... He said he parked. You know, this. you're probably not old enough to remember a, of... Uh, a TV show called What's My Line. I I and know the name. You, you remember? But no, that? I'm not old enough. You would you would have to uh, you would try to guess what that guy or that guy did Sad. for a living. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we were so, talking about Bond. So your your guess, I'm thinking. I'm let's play a. Uh, <laughs> no, I want to finish telling okay, him about okay, Bon Ton Cafe. Okay, okay fair enough. Go. You all got this part. Printers District. <laughs> Tom goes there after a long day of work. Yep. He discovers this place after a very cold um, um, walk, uh, a, a misty, cold day such as this. And he walks in. Um, it's cozy. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, y'all, it was packed. And the food was good, too. It was packed. It was so busy. Um, there was like one or two tables left. And this was after 1 o'clock. So we walk in there. Um, we get a table by by Debbie, right? De- yeah. And um, she sees us. She's so kind, so gracious. And I just say, Tom, come on. you got to tell me what's good. So we order the turtle soup. And we also order... Um, so Piper was our waitress, and Piper said she had been there 27 years. Yeah, they've uh, the, a lot of the people who work at the Bonton have been there for 30 or more and years. The, uh, uh, the um, other lady everybody. that served our table, Alice, had been there 28 years. I mean, if that does not speak volumes yep. to a restaurant and how the owners and management treat their staff, I do not know what else. In fact, Piper said if you would have asked me when I walked in this restaurant 27 years ago for a job, if I would be here nearly 30 years, I would have laughed. But uh, obviously, the management and the owners speak volumes to how they care for their staff, which is really who offers such an exceptional ex- dining experience, right? Um, and she, you know, I said, okay, Piper, what's good? And I asked her, um, you know, between the gumbo and um, the crawfish bisque. And she said, we do our crawfish bisque um, old-fashioned style. Of course, I, I don't really know what that means. But I said, okay, enlighten me. Tell me what it is. They, they scoop out the contents of the crawfish. Then they restuff it with rice and, and crawfish seasoning, almost kind of like you would boudin, right? You scoop it all mm-hmm. out and you stuff yep. it back in. Um, and she had a, she said it had a dark brown roux, and I said, you got me. You got me at dark brown. You got me at dark brown roux. Yeah, that's a tough thing. I just did a recipe for somebody uh, a couple of days ago. But it's something that if you don't know what you're doing, you it can really mess it up. spectacular. I mean, yeah, wasn't it, it makes delicious? a difference when it's good, yeah. And, and the crawfish, the stuffed crawfish was actually in the soup. So they didn't just cook it and and try to impart the flavor. Yeah, that they was actually well left done. it Very in well each done. individual cup, which I thought was just fantastic. And, you know, I did um, – I, I can't say bad words on the air. But Do not, please. I'm not saying any bad say words. Say bad but, words. <laughs> but, um, you know, they have this 
they have this term here, C. Kuhn, A-S-S. Okay, I'm going to spell oh, it. Oh, everybody knows. Okay, you know, okay, that, right. That, that but I didn't know e- if I could say A-S-S yeah, on the air, Tom. No, <laughs> nobody really even understands what that is. Uh, okay. And, and neither and I do I. I the crawfish up. Uh, this may not be ladylike, but it is C. It is Kuhn, A-S-S. I picked it up. I picked that crawfish, um, stuffed crawfish up out of that soup, and I sucked it. I sucked all the contents out of it. It was delicious, you guys. Yeah. That's how well, good it was. That's how it's done. You've got the technique down. We scraped every ounce out of that crawfish bisque. Um, and then and then we had a, um, a remoulade salad, a shrimp remoulade salad that had a brown remoulade. remoulade. Now, Tom, tell us what the brown remoulade well, is. Well, I mean, what the, the, the two differences are, you have white remoulade, which is basically mayonnaise and a few other things mixed into it. The Creole mustard and the vinaigrette. Yeah, yeah. But the, if you want to take this a little farther and going to an older style, uh, you would have, of all things, ketchup in it, but you wouldn't have a lot That's of it. That's the red one, though, right? Yeah, not it, the brown yeah, one. The brown it, one did not have ketchup. It disappears once you start mixing in the Creole mustard, the must, the uh, uh, garlic, and uh, let's see, what else goes in there? It's about, about uh, eight or ten different items. And you, you you mix it all around. I can tell you the biggest ingredient in it is actually olive oil. You use quite a bit of right. olive well, oil. Well, um, so what is the what's the brown um, vinaigrette? It's it will t- if you take the ketchup and the mustard and a couple of the other things and Balsamic. you mix them together. That's what it Balsamic. tasted like. Yeah. So the red, I feel like always always tastes. With the ketchup, right? The ketchup is yeah, the base. It's it's something you most people won't even notice. They'll say that's in that's good, but uh, what is it? And, and they don't right. Even know. So it's like, but like the brown one tasted, and we did not get a chance to ask them, so I cannot verify this. I'm just I'm just speaking in terms of purely flavor profiles. It tasted almost like balsamic vinegar with the olive oil and a coarse Creole mustard. Yep, there you are. It was delicious. The shrimp were huge. They were boiled perfectly. Um, you know, they weren't they weren't overcooked. Um, it was it was delightful. It was mm. absolutely delicious. Really, tell me right now: is anybody out there listening that has not been um, that has not been to Bonton Cafe recently? Okay, my guest just said that they're. That they're here, Tom. Oh, so, good. So um, let me just see. All right. Uh, but get, just getting back to the Bonton a minute here. Uh, what, it, tell us the if, tell if us the had, entree we had. Uh, the, well, the entree we had was at that four-way sp- special crawfish uh, crawfish, crawfish dinner. dinner, and it had a crawfish omelet of all things. It had a an. A, uh, uh, there's the uh, there's there's four items and now let's see if I can remember them all. The uh, there was the one that's made with the uh, wait what were we <laughs> the crawfish dinner the crawfish so dinner so it, cra- right. it was a little bit of everything crawfish etouffee etouffee crawfish omelet the bisque the omelet and uh, and jambalaya and crawfish the jambalaya. jambalaya and uh, yeah. And uh, so you had four different uh, items in there, and they, you know, obviously mixed pretty well together because they were largely the same ingredients, just mixed differently. 
Uh, and it's uh, it has become a big hit over there for a long time, too. This is nothing new. You know what? And the amount of food was completely Pretty serious, reasonable. yeah. I mean, I think our entree, the crawfish dinner, was $30. And, I mean, we got nice heaping scoops. Hey, y'all, you, you I'm going to step away. Tom's going to got this. I got to welcome our friend. guest. He made it for me, man. Ah. Uh, and uh, what? There's a hug being administrated. I know. Uh, and, and she's going to get him hooked up. And uh, let's see. It's all coming together. And uh, what an exciting show this is getting to be today. We, we have uh, a nice... Nice, nice long row of uh, people talking about interesting stuff. And in the middle of it, in the middle of it all. Okay. Um, All right. I'm about to introduce you to our guest that just made his way here. Thank you so much. Um, We're going to wrap up on Tom. And then, Tom, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you who's here. So we had the crawfish dinner. It was fantastic. It was really Wayne was. And, 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 and Debbie were gracious. They were wonderful. I had a fantastic time. And you know, it just occurred to me right now, we did not have any of their crab meat dishes. We didn't. And and, and you told me dishes, it was good on the menu. It's fantastically good. And uh, yet here we are uh, having this sort of second rate uh, entree. It was not and, second rate. It was well, phenomenal. But maybe comparison to a crab meat au gratin, yeah. it was, okay, okay, fine. You know, it, I, I'll that's, agree to that. That's what I was uh, moving towards. Um, so we did that. And then because Tom is who he is and who we're is out he? dining where we are, um, people mix him up. They said verbatim. I'm not kidding. This is either Steven Spielberg. <laughs> or Tom Fitzmorris sitting at this table, you, and they bought us a glass of wine. That's that's preposterous. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I actually people do that to me. They think I'm. I get it. Uh, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. They say the I look just like him, except that I'm about twice as uh, as big as he is. No, no. Well, he always wears a ball cap wherever he goes. Oh well, I, I play short. So, so they were awesome. They were they were so kind. Um, we had a glass of wine. We we shooted the shit because apparently I can't Do say I that. Spelled <laughs> it on the Please, air. Please no. Um, and and we had a great time. And then we had to haul butt over here because we were running yeah. back. Uh, well, you, everybody knows the weather. Uh, it's been terrible today. So it was a fantastic yeah. meal. It was a great idea, Tom. They were so amazing. Um, and now I'm excited to introduce to you our special guest. I, can't I did not tell him who you were because I wanted I wanted to just blow his socks off um, and surprise him. So a that, real surprise. Yeah, so he's a real <laughs> surprise. Okay, you heard his voice, y'all. Uh-huh. Um, wel- I want to welcome Tim Lacoste to um, the station for his first time ever on the food show with Tom Fitzmorris. Tom, I want to tell you how I met this guy. So cool. I'm a part of this organization over in Old Metairie called the Old Metairie Garden Club. I, I, that, I that's been around forever, hasn't no, it? No, no, no. Well, I seem people to have been it. doing garden things, but we really just got organized as a club the last couple of years. So we put on a monthly farmers market. Um, we put on a Christmas celebration, and um, we do other things for the community, like beautification projects. And so once we started doing this um, farmers market, we started um, inviting local farmers with goods to sell 
at the market. And so enter Tim Lacoste with Red Hill Bee Farm. Hmm. So and here he is. And, and so here he is. It's right on his uh, T-shirt. Yes. His, so <laughs> um, now it gets even it gets it gets more awesome. So Tim owns his own apiary, which. Bees. Bees, yes, Tom. Okay, so he he makes his own honey, including um, other uh, products made by his bees, including um, soaps, chapsticks. What other kind of stuff? I've always wanted to be a drone. Over one of those things? Really, that's all we're producing at the moment is the honey. Is drones? No. <laughs> it's <the> drones. <laughs> there are very few drones out there. I know um, because I know what happens to them when they, after their love life is over. It's the demise. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> to put it mildly. Okay, so yeah. the chapstick and the soap. Really, just a chapstick and a soap. And, and then, of course, your honey. Well, it's lip balm. Okay, Chapstick's yeah. trade name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, chapstick's trade. Oh, excuse yeah, me. Like I didn't know We all like that. to say lip balm. Okay, lip balm. And, um, and the soap. Yep. All natural soap that's made. Uh, a cold soap process way, not, which hmm. came from basically once you started your own apiary. Correct. Okay, so you here's, have to do something with all the wax. Right. So here's what I want you to start out your story with, because we have um, about ten minutes before we go to break. Okay. Tell, tell about your your upbringing and how you were outdoors boy and got to hey, listen, I I want to start my own apiary because you work for the. Army Corps of Engineers Correct. as a branch, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so share with us this story. Well, I've always liked the outdoor, and as a kid growing up in Bucktown, Louisiana, <laughs> I like to say Bucktown, USA. It's a great name, isn't Bucktown, it? Bucktown, USA sometimes. Um, Why not? Right. So I grew up behind a levee, um, playing in a lake, and always had a love for outdoors. Well, I went to school for it. I went to Southeastern and got a degree in biology, and I got a degree in forestry from LSU. Hmm. And I found myself, hopefully, somewhere walking and wandering in the woods looking for something to do. Well, I wound up going to the environmental side of things and started into get into environmental regulation, so to speak. And that's where I landed a job with the Corps of Engineers. Hmm. So through the Corps, I work as a project manager that manages a lot of property in the Atchafalaya Basin. And I had to find something with all my time because the government, you do get some time. <laughs> you get some time Imagine off. Imagine that. Yeah. So I like to stay busy and I like to stay active and fit. So I found myself after constructing a home, looking for something to do, and I got involved in beekeeping. And I've always liked beekeeping since my entomology classes at LSU. I was fascinated with them. And it's one of those old stories that a lot of beekeepers have. You start with one hive, you get to about four. And you get a lot of honey, and you give it away, and you realize that, hey, another another eight hives, it's not so hard to manage. Now I'm up to about 80. Wow. <laughs> 80 that, hives? That I, have about 80. I don't think we've gotten that point That's probably to close to 4 million honeybees that I manage. But you have a particular type of bee that uh, you use. No, I use feral bees. Okay. Uh, catch my feral bees, bees. Feral bees. In the wild. You know, they all came from European descent one way or the other. It was brought over here, but over the years— I catch them in the woods um, behind my house. Okay, I did not people, know that. People call me up, and I rescue the bees. I guess you could say I rescue hives from people's homes and remove them that way, or I set up swarm traps. And it's very simple. It's very similar to fishing. It's like you set out a bunch of um, traps, and a few days later you go check them. And when you see a right. whole bunch of bees clustering around a box or a trap, Voila, surprise. You, you, you know, it, you caught something, and it's, it just, is, it's gratifying. It is not uh, a long shot uh, or all that hard, really. Uh, the lady who lived next door when we were living in Kenner 
uh, just right next door with us. She had, uh, I want to say, six or 12 uh, beehives. And uh, I was fascinated by it because I the just bees have always kind of fascinated me. In fact, it's on my logo on my, okay. my and they uh, so uh, I asked her once if I could help her pull the bees out of the uh, out of the hives to see on the sheets. And she said, "Yeah, no, the boxes and the, it was the frames, out, the, 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 bo- frames the frames, and, and uh, she put, gave me the thing to wear the, and we went back there." And uh, we, she told me what to do. I got stung three or four times. That was the end of that career. <laughs> uh, but I still uh, remember it uh, fondly. And so, so I, I prefer to get stung. It's you called, no, you it's called apitherapy. It's correct. You, a, you, what? He apa, prefers apa to get therapy? stung. Apitherapy. Yeah, it's like a, huh. apitherapy. It's um. It's What's like, that one where you like pain? Is that what? Yeah. <laughs> well, beekeepers get him. Beekeepers get immune to stings, and it's it's not pleasant when it's in a face or a ear or yeah. a nostril. Right. But you know, it it's good therapy. It's it helps you um your arthritis. So then I you do have some joint decided that you were going to start selling this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, didn't you tell me that you ended up buying these bottles from a a a professor from Southeast that? You said mm-hmm. liked to bottle. He wanted to know about preservation of bees. Remember we were having that conversation at the... I don't remember that. <laughs> Where did you get these bottles? Well, these bottles just happen to fit the label. At no, me. you were telling me a story about wow. a professor that also liked... It was into bee preservation. Are you not remembering this? Y'all, I do not y'all remember Y'all Louisianans have terrible memory. No, you, I didn't. You got to get me confused. No, I didn't. <laughs> okay, so you've been harvesting these bees. Is that the correct word? What's the right yeah, terminology? Uh, bee. Keeping them. Beekeeping. Keeping bees. For and, how long now? And when I say feral bees, it is the wild bees that are out in the woods um, that naturally make hives. Okay, why trees. do we have European bees? That's my well, first question. Europeans brought them over because of their wax. They used to take linens and impregnated with wax, and that was your tarps. That was your canvases to cover food. That was your saran wrap. Because way back when, what? they never had plastics manufactured. I'm talking about the 1700s, when Europe settlers first came they in the Walls area. They would bee wax. Bee wax, and they would impreg- melt it down in the sun and impregnate cloths and canvases, which you've had a lot of it, and it would be a weatherproofer, and they would cover like saran wrap food. Like if you were outdoors and you needed to cover uh-huh. your food. And that's one of the big things. Also candles because we didn't have electricity. What is your, 17. I know, what's the question? I'm fascinated. This, uh, I, just something that just crossed my mind just now. And that was uh, that we were uh, messing around with bees when I was uh, in, in a teen, I, I was teenage. And, uh, you were throwing rocks at them probably. No, no, we weren't. A lot of, I did. A lot of people harassed the bees. <laughs> no, I wait. did. No, you, you know something? Uh, I'm going to ask you to give me uh, a couple of spare uh, minutes here because there was something complicated about this. And uh, You were make, messing with the bees. I was getting the bees all set up. I, I, it was something, really, I'm not kidding. I was interested in pretty pretty deeply. Uh, and As a but, kid. I, yeah, I, but I was only about eight or nine or ten old, okay. uh, days old. Uh, so that clearly, you know, there are some things to catch up on. But do we do we have a break? Do here? we have to go to the top of the hour? We have a huh? couple minutes, Doug. Okay, three minutes. Okay, one hundred five point three. Three uh, minutes. Three minutes. Okay, yeah. one hundred five point three. Oh, tell yeah, tell, tell my your story. story. Okay, um, 
uh, you were a kid. I was a kid. You were messing around with the bees. I was messing around with the bees, and I got stung a few times. Yeah. And uh, I remember what it was. Somebody mentioned something about uh, why don't we get uh, uh, bees from Europe or something like that. But Europeans brought them in. Europeans, I can believe that. Uh, but once they're here, they're very comfortable here, mm-hmm. and they they just grow and grow. But the uh, in recent years, they've been talking about the bees having uh, the this or that uh, disease that doesn't you know make you sick or anything, but it kills the bees, and it's this has gotten out pretty well, pretty we're seriously. Doing stuff isn't it's, that correct? Um, it's it, called col- CCD, colony collapse disorder. That's mm-hmm. the big terms that uh, um, folks are using. And it's really common up northern regions. Down here in the south latitude we are, yeah. they thrive. And it's, well, I'm, it's glad, I'm glad to hear that because that always upset me a little bit. We don't I'm, have no shortage of honeybees in Louisiana. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to know that. So what can we be doing to help, like, just the just the average person? Um, it's really not much you could do. They're going to survive if you encounter some. Call a local bee beekeeper. Um, do you you do this? I do that, and they will remove a swarm that may invade your home or um, occupy your bushes. They like to land on little shrubbery in a ball in a cluster because they don't they're displaced and they don't really know where to go. And some folks would try to spray them, and um, a lot of beekeepers will intercept that. They'll they'll come collect them and, and include them in the apiary. Mm. Okay, okay. So you so they, if someone calls a, you, they can do correct. that. Correct. Well, so is it? Oh, okay. All right. Now we'll, uh, well, now we're at the top of our air. So we'll be back. 105.3 FM HD2. We're going to be back with Tim Lacoste, who's going to be telling us about his apiary and some other exciting things from his family history. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.